Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On today's show, we wrap up the regular season and get you ready for the AAC tournament in Fort Worth. Great show coming up right after this. Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Wichita State Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge, our AAC tournament preview show. Taylor joins us from the road down to Fort Worth. I'll be joining him tomorrow, my 12th consecutive conference tournament following the Shockers, but we'll start by wrapping up the regular season. Taylor, our last show was before that crucial three-game stretch at Cincy, home game against Houston, and then at Memphis. Unfortunately, they go 0-3 in that stretch, but they do win the final two games over Tulsa and ECU to finish seventh in conference. The wins over Tulsa and East Carolina were their best shooting games of the season. They finished the regular season 15-12, and 6-9 in the AAC. As I mentioned, finished in seventh place. You have to start by when you look at the season as a whole, thinking what could have been the two close losses to Tulane, a home loss against Cincinnati where they were leading down the stretch, and then that double overtime thriller against Houston. Just one free throw, one play goes their way. And really this team, you know, in theory, if you, you get those four, not that it's guaranteed, would have been in fourth place. So a completely different outlook as we head into Fort Worth, but it is what it is. Your thoughts overall here as we head into the conference tournament. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's fair to say that the team is not as far away as the record indicates. You know, six and nine, seventh, seventh place in the, in the conference uh, doesn't look great. And it, it looks like a, you know, a pretty big disappointment. And I think the players would even admit that, that, you know, the regular season was a disappointment. But, um, you know, like you said, you know, you pointed out all the close games. And even before conference play rolled around, uh, you know, you got to think about the string of games where they had 10-point uh, 10 leads at home uh, and just couldn't close the deal. You know, the K-State game at Interest Bank, uh, North Texas. Uh, I mean, if, if they're able to close the door on those, uh, then you're looking at, you know, 10-1 going into conference play, and who knows what would have happened. Uh, you know, that's just been kind of the theme of this season, not being able to close the door, uh, losing those close games. So uh, I think it's positive for the Shockers to, to go in with a little bit of a momentum. Like you said, you know, they kind of got their tails kicked, um, you know, at the very end of that three-game slide. Memphis, you know, you get beat down by 24. That really tested the resolve of this, the resolve of this team. And, uh, you know, give credit to guys like Dexter Dennis, uh, Tyson Etienne, but more, more she does that, you know, the, the veterans on this team, they're able to hold these guys together. And, you know, this season could have gone south after that, you know, they could have packed it in. It would have been easy, but, you know, those guys were able to stick together. And like you said, you know, the shooting percentages went way up. Uh, they saw the, the ball go in the basket like they needed to, uh, the two point percentage. That's the most important thing in my view. Uh, it went way up. The uh, percentage of looks they were getting inside the arc went way up, and they're starting to finish them. Uh, you know, after being a, a team, one of the worst teams in college basketball at doing that. So, a lot of things to like, you know, about what the how Wichita State is playing entering the conference tournament. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a wide range of possibilities that I think any Shocker fan would, uh, you know, wouldn't surprise them. You know, I don't. I think they could 
Uh, you know, if they don't play well, they might lose uh, to Tulsa. And if they do play well, you know, we could see a repeat of, uh, you know, them upsetting SMU. I think the Shocker team has proven that, you know, so, you know, if they don't bring their A game, uh, you know, they, they can lose to anybody too. So it should be, uh, you know, an entertaining uh, week in, in Fort Worth. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. The AAC conference awards were announced today, and you would have thought by how many Shockers were recognized that they certainly would have finished better than seventh place. Dexter Dennis is AAC Defensive Player of the Year. Ricky Council, the fourth AAC Sixth Man of the Year. And Tyson Etienne makes third-team all-conference after being the preseason player of the year. So certainly I, I was uh, surprised. It was good to see Dex finally get that defensive player of the year that we really thought he you know, should be in the running for each year. And Ricky Council's really looked well here over the last few weeks as well. Yeah, I think the one that everyone felt the happiest about was, was Dexter Dennis. And uh, this is a guy that has sacrificed so much over the last four years uh, of his career at Wichita State. I just uh, did a kind of a, a feature length story on him. I would encourage, you know, readers to go check it out at Kansas.com. I talked to his parents, talked to IB, uh, talked to Dexter, you know, over the course of this season uh, to, to discuss, you know, his career and his legacy and, and what he wanted to leave. Uh, here at Wichita State, and he was recruited because of his athleticism because people thought he was going to be, you know, a really good offensive player. Not like he came in, uh, you know, as a defensive star. He wasn't doing this at the high school, at the prep level. Uh, but when he first got here, you know, under Greg Marshall, uh, you know, as a true freshman, Dexter's mindset was basically, I'm going to let everybody else worry about, you know, getting up shots, trying to stay on the floor by scoring. I'm going to do the stuff that no one else wants to do. I'm going to do the little details, the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, uh, you know, the dirty work, uh, a lot of the thankless work. And, you know, he's just stuck with that. And, uh, you know, sometimes to his detriment, I think he's, he's spent so much energy and Wichita State has required so much from him. They put such a heavy burden on him on the defensive end. I think it's, you know, it's affected his offensive game and, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, it's so frustrating for him too because he puts in so much time, uh, you know, on the shooting gun. He'll go, you know, at Coke Arena at 11 p.m. at night and works harder than, than Dexter Dennis. And for uh, the work ethic and the results not to match up, you know, it just, it, I wrote in the story, you know, it kind of tortures them because, you know, he, he just doesn't have, there's no good explanation for, you know, why the shooting numbers never improved over the course of his career, and, and really they've gone down. You know, he's shooting a career worth 30% from three this year. So, um, you know, that's just, uh, you know, for a perfectionist, that just kind of drives him crazy because he puts in so much work. Um, but, you know, to get back to the defensive player of the year, uh, I mean, he just has sacrificed so much. You know, he puts his body on the line. Like I said, it's a thankless job. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that he does uh, doesn't show up in the box score, and that's why it's so impressive that he was able to win this award. I, I went back and looked at the, the previous nine winners. All of those guys had averaged at least one block, at least one steal. You know, they're putting up, you know, big counting stat numbers. And those are the numbers that a lot of people just gravitate toward and assume that's what good defense is. But, you know, you talk to coaches and that's not always the case. And, you know, Dexter didn't average one steal or one block, either one of them. I think everyone was just really happy that, that Dexter was able to you know, I wrote in the story that, you know, he, he kind of puts himself aside. You know, he puts the team first for four years. Uh, you know, he sacrifices so much. And now this is his moment to kind of 
you know, be in the spotlight and finally get that recognition he deserves. But, you know, we talked to him today and he's not worried about any of that. He, he just wants to win this week in Fort Worth. As far as final regular season stats are concerned, the team shoots at 40.4% from the field, 31% from three. They did have a respectable 75% at the free throw line, 13 turnovers per game, 7.7 steals and 4.7 blocks. Tyson Etienne ends up being the leading scorer at 14.9 points per game, followed by Ricky Council at 11.7, Morris Udeze at 10.5. Those three, the only shockers to average double digits. When you look at the last two games, one reason that the field goal percentage increased is they did not rely as much on the three-point shot. They drove the basketball more, particularly in that win over East Carolina. Do you think that carries over to Fort Worth this week? Yeah, I mean, they they really made it a point to, to stop settling for three-pointers and, uh, and just attack the basket. And, you know, they're, they're running this ghost screen action at the, the end of games. That's really helping Wichita State get good looks at the, at the basket. And basically what it is is, you know, they'll have Craig Porter dribbling up top. They'll send Tyson Etienne or Ricky Council, one of their best scorers. You know, they'll, they'll shoot up the – the uh, the court and act like they're going to set a screen and then at the last second they bail out uh, and, and go to the open space on a three-point line and what that does is it creates confusion on the defense they don't know whether to switch whether to stay in front and Craig Porter has been so good at just feasting on that that momentary indecision and he just uh, he'll, he'll attack the defender and, and it gets him going downhill and you know, for whatever reason, you know, it just seems like it, that play just kind of unlocks his confidence. And, you know, when he's looking to score, when he is uh, playing confidently, going towards the basket, I mean, he's just been uh, basically unstoppable. You know, he's scoring at such a high clip. I think Wichita State is scoring like 1.44 points per possession down the stretch of close games in that action when Craig Porter is attacking the basket. And, uh, you know, for a team that struggled to, to really – or in close games, uh, that's so valuable to have a, a play like that in action to go to that that's really hard to stop for the defense. Remains to be seen, you know, how much we'll see that in Fort Worth. You know, Tulsa plays that matchup zone. Uh, SMU played a lot of zone last time. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they're able to go to that. But that's that's a pretty encouraging play to have in your back pocket. And uh and like you said, you know, the, the two-point percentage, you know, 57% against Tulsa, 62% against East Carolina. So, you know, for a team that was in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball uh, going into those games, very, very encouraging to, to shoot that high percentage. And not only shoot that high percentage, but, you know, average 23 makes inside the arc. So that's, uh, again, that's, uh, you know, something to be encouraged about going into the postseason. But, you know, if they're going to make a run, you still have, you know, you have that feeling they're going to have to, you know, find their, uh, you know, go on a hot streak, you know, beyond the arc. You know, uh, this is a team that just, uh, you know, like I said with Dexter, you know, they have the ability. It just it just seems like they've never been able to, the, the shooting numbers have never aligned with what they feel like, you know, their ability is from beyond the arc. So, you know, who knows? They're probably going to have to, to have a nice little run where, you know, they shoot, you know, 40% from three a couple of these games to, to pull off a couple of upsets. Dockers ranking as in Tin Palm as we close out the regular season is 89. I found it interesting you had on Twitter the AAC 
only had three games that didn't get made up due to COVID, and they all involved Wichita State, the games at East Carolina, at Temple, and at SMU. In the grand scheme of things, actually, you know, considering where the Shockers were at one point, I, you know, I would consider it a good thing to get to that seventh spot. You have the opportunity, if you beat Tulsa, to play SMU on Friday. They seem to match up better with smaller teams like SMU. Of course, they won the game in Wichita by 15. Your th- you know, now, the next day, that's when the Big Bear is there in Memphis. But your thoughts on the Shockers' draw in the tournament here? Yeah, I mean, uh, you couldn't really ask for, for much better. You know, the, the two teams they didn't want to face early on were Memphis and Houston. And, you know, they're, they're not going to uh, have to face either until semifinals at the earliest. And at that point, you know, you're going to have to be you know, the best to, to, you know, pull this off anyway. So uh, early on, you know, Tulsa, great matchup for Wichita State. They've really imposed their will on them defensively. Uh, haven't, uh, you know, posed much of a threat in the first two games. Uh, you know, Jariah Horn had a, a much better second game against the Shockers, but, you know, having Dexter Dennis in your back pocket, you know, it's such a valuable weapon uh, that they can throw at him or Stan Griffin, uh, you know, whoever is playing better that game. So, uh, so really, you know, if Wichita State, I don't even think they need, a, you know, an A, a game. Uh, you know, if they just play well, if, you know, they, they play a B game, that should be enough, you know, barring, uh, you know, maybe something crazy from Tulsa. Uh, you know, we, we saw them kind of uh, go crazy that last regular season game at UCF uh, with Horn making the, the half quarter to win it. Uh, that was an impressive comeback, too, uh, uh, before that. So, uh, you know, WSU's going to have to play well. Uh, but we've seen, you know, defense and rebounding travels uh, last year in the conference tournament. You know, uh, you know, even when they won the conference championship, it was ugly early on. You know, that South Florida game was pretty ugly. Uh, Wichita State, you know, has won. A lot of ugly games, you know, over the last four years. So uh, that could be right up their alley. But I, I do think that Wichita State's going to have to, you know, show a little, uh, bring a little bit on the offensive end to, to get the job done here. But uh, you know, and then SMU, you know, that's a team. Uh, if you're going to play a top four team or top three team, you know, that's the team you want to play. Uh, Wichita State has experience against them. They beat them by 15 at Coke Arena. Obviously, things are going to be different playing in a neutral four. Uh, you know, not having that Wichita State crowd behind them. Uh, you know, Kendrick, they, they've done a really, really good job on Kendrick Davis, who's just voted AAC Player of the Year. Uh, he's been electric against just about everybody else. But again, you know, Dexter Dennis, you know, he, he uh, shut him down uh, in that, that Coke Arena game. So it's going to be a big part of how much uh, Dexter can do to slow uh, KD down if that matchup does uh, materialize. And you know, they have a lot of warts on this team. We've seen the offense really struggle. So, uh, you know, before you get ahead of yourself, you know, dreaming up that semi-matchup, you know, Wichita State's going to have to play well, and they're going to have to be consistent, something that they, you know, really have struggled with all season. So I, I, I do believe in the talent in this team. I think the, the, the feeling is there for them to make a run. But like I said, you know, uh, the consistency that is required to win four games in four days just hasn't been there up until this point. Can they, can they bring it? Can they surprise people in this last week? Sure. But you know, they're going to have to show us something they haven't all season. They haven't won four straight games in a row all season. So they're going to have to do something pretty special this weekend in, in Fort Worth. Shockers have had a lot of bad luck over the years when it comes to conference tournaments. It would be nice to see that. Turnaround. As far as the matchup with Tulsa is concerned, 
They've beat Tulsa five consecutive times and 17 out of 19. You mentioned they, they played well defensively in both matchups against the Golden Hurricane this year. I think they're able to advance. FMU, since the loss in Wichita, is 6-2. and two. One of those was to Houston, but the other one was to Temple. They were down to Tulane this past uh, Sunday. I was a little worried that if FMU lost to Tulane, we'd be seeing Memphis in that two-seed. But then, once again, if you win those two games, you assume that you would play the Memphis Tigers on Saturday. Memphis has won 10 out of 11. Of course, they've overmatched the Shockers in those two matchups. And so, uh, you know, you, you'd probably have to really do some praying at that point. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, you know, Memphis, uh, they're kind of in the same boat. You know, they're they're looking, they're playing for their NCAA tournament lives. They obviously feel a lot better after knocking off Houston the way they did. Uh, but, you know, they're uh, you can't ever feel safe, you know, when you're close to that bubble. So they're going to have to be playing well. And they're going to have to do something that we haven't seen them do and show that consistency under a penny and, uh, you know, make a run in this conference tournament to, to lock up that bid. Uh, you know, and UCF, you know, that's, that's the team they'll probably face in the quarterfinals. That's the team that beat them early in the season, you know, given that, you know, Memphis was, was dealing with a lot of injuries as a completely different team back then. But the fact remains, you know, UCF has the confidence that they know they can beat them. Uh, you know, they have the shooting. You know, they have Darren Green, Brandon Mahan, uh, Darius Perry, you know, that's three of the, the best guards, uh, you know, one of the, th- the best three guard lineups in the American. So, uh, you know, they, they have a puncher's chance, I think, you know, if they get hot and they, they're able to, to make, you know, 12, 13, 14 threes, uh, you know, I see that's asking a lot against Memphis's defense, but, you know, UCF has done that to teams this season. So, and then obviously Memphis, you know, they, they haven't been, you know, a model of consistency in the past under Penny Hardway. So, you know, I think they are, you know, a little, little vulnerable just because, you know, given their history, but honestly, you know, they are playing, uh, the best basketball of any team in the American right now. Uh, to be honest, you know, that's so hard to do to go in and dominate a Kelvin Sampson coach team the way that they did. And, uh, you know, ever since they got healthy, they are a completely, you know, brand new team. And really it started in Wichita, you know, that Coke Arena beat down. That was the, the first game when they, they were finally healthy and they had their team back. And uh, so, you know, I'm not going to bet against Memphis, you know, in the conference tournament. I think they're going to win this thing. But, you know, I do think there's like that sliver of chance that they could get that upset. And, uh, you know, obviously that's the dream scenario for Wichita State. You know, if they don't have to beat Memphis along the way, uh, you know, that's going to make a life a lot easier for the Shockers because they've they've just been, you know, dominated the last, you know, three or four years, it seems like, with uh, just that Memphis playing style under Penny. Is there one X factor or area that you think if the Shockers do make some improvements on that they can't go on a run here this week? Yeah, I mean, I think the defense, you know, it's just got to get back to that elite level. And we've seen them, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, tinker with it and toy with uh, with getting back to that level that we saw, you know, the, for the first, you know, two, three months of the season. And then once conference player rolled around and just it really slid back, you know, it was a top 30 defense. And, uh, you know, they I think they finished like seventh or eighth in the conference in, in total defense uh, efficiency. Uh, so it really took a, a step back. I think if they, they're able to defend and rebound, uh, you know, the things you always heard Greg Marshall talk about, you know, defense and rebounding travels and IB, you know, is cut from the same block. And uh, he believes a lot of the same things. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good combination to pull off wins away from home 
because uh, those things travel. You know, those, that's what the coaches always say. You know, defense and rebounding travels. So I think really that's that's going to be the the job for the Shockers is to you know uh, play that elite level defense, board out at a high level, don't give up offensive rebounds, and uh, you know I think they're going to have a chance. Like I said, you know if if they can get hot, uh, you know if the offense can. Uh, you know, maybe have one of those games where they pop off for 10, 11, three pointers. Uh, they're going to be in business. You referenced the game in the conference tournament against USF last year, but I do think there's a certain advantage, at least in that Friday matchup of already played a game on Thursday. You're familiar with the arena. You've seen the basketball go through the hoop. But when we look big picture at this tournament, is the expectation that we'll see Houston playing Memphis on Sunday, or do you see any other team, Wichita State included, being able to make a run or at least maybe surprise some folks. Yeah, I don't really see anybody on the, the Houston side of things uh, capable of knocking them off. So I think they're going to the championship. Uh, you know, Tulane, Temple, great stories. You know, I voted Aaron McKee uh, second and Ron Hunter third in my coach of the year ballot, uh, made up ballot that I that I did on Twitter. Uh, but um, those, those two have, have done a, an amazing job, but I just don't think they have the horses to, you know, knock off a team like Houston. And then on the other side, you know, Memphis, like I said, you know, they're playing the best basketball out of anybody. So I, I do think that, I mean, I would be surprised if it's anyone but Memphis, um, and, and Houston, but I do think that the Memphis side of it, you know, you have teams like SMU, Wichita State that, that, that could sneak up in there and surprise Memphis. We'll have to see, but I'm, I'm putting Memphis as the heavy favorite for sure. I voted you beat writer of the year in my made up Twitter bracket or poll. So whatever. Uh, let's go. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. So if, if we squint and everything goes right for the shockers, they end up in the championship game on Sunday against Houston. Houston is safely in the tournament, Wichita state's playing for their tournament lives has to win it. Do you see a scenario where the shockers could win the whole thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, if you really believe, you know, you want to be the ultimate optimist, the, the Ted Lasso, uh, you know, if you want to believe, you know, I, I, I believe in this, this the ceiling of this team all along. You know, they have the pieces. You know, they they have not come together the way that everyone thought they would, but you know, they do have the pieces. You know, I think uh, Wichita State has found more success. You know, they moved Tyson Etienne off the ball more. Uh, he's getting back to to what made him so good last year just focusing on catching and shooting. Craig Porter is really coming into his own. Uh, you know, he's, he's becoming a, a really offensive force for them, uh, especially against smaller guards. Ricky Council, as you mentioned earlier, uh, has really blown up. Uh, you know, he's averaging 13 and 14 a game in conference play. And, uh, you know, Morris Udeze, you know, that's a guy who, you know, it doesn't always look pretty, but, you know, they're able to, to squeeze something out of him in the low post, especially against a team like SMU, like you said, that's smaller. Uh, you know, the pieces are there, but you know they're like I like I said earlier. You know, it's a reason why they're the number seven seed. Uh, you know, it's, there's a reason why you know they have 12, 13 losses, and uh, so the Shockers are going to have to do something pretty spectacular if they're going to pull this off. And and really, I think anything beyond you know if they beat SMU. Uh, in the quarterfinals, you know, that's a success. I think that's, uh, that's uh, a huge win uh, to make it to the semifinals. You know, uh, they've never made it past the semifinals, you know, even in that first year when they were really good, uh, you know, never made it to the, the conference tournament championship game. So, um, 
really, if this team just makes it to the semis, I would chalk that up as a success. Uh, you know, I think the expectation, the outside expectation is probably win one and then lose to SMU. So uh, anything past that would be would be a nice treat, I think. And, and then we'll just, uh, you know, we'll find out what happens after the season. The question I'm about to ask disgusts me, but how far in this conference tournament does Wichita State have to go to make the NIT? I think if they beat SMU, they're they're going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, they have a couple of those NIT bracketologists. Uh, who knows, like how accurate those are? Uh, and I think they're going to be. You know, there's always like a a handful of teams that decline bids that don't want to play in the postseason because uh, they're disappointed by missing out on March Madness. So. Uh, you know, there's always a chance, and it also depends on, you know, how many upsets there are in conference tournaments. Uh, the more upsets in those lower leagues, you know, that's the more automatic bids in the NIT. Uh, so that's going to affect Wichita State. But I think if they if they beat SMU, they're going to be in the mix. You know, it's not like their net is terrible. You know, they're right on the edge of that being like a Q1. I think they're 81, 82 last time I looked. So, uh, you know not like they're terrible so you know i think a lot of fans are kind of surprised to, to, to hear how good their metrics are uh but you know i think they're right on that edge to uh being in the mix they're gonna probably have to, to be uh, smu uh to, to feel like they have a chance though last question for you in the event that tournament doesn't go well maybe they just beat tulsa and lose to smu do you see a lot of roster turnover looking forward to next season uh, I mean, I would imagine so. I mean, I think it's uh, it's mostly to do with that's just the new normal. I mean, I think even after successful years, you know, we're going to see three, four uh, guys in the portal just about every year. So I don't think this year would be any different. You know, obviously, like we've talked about, uh, this year has not gone according to plan. You know, there's been disappointment. I'm sure guys are frustrated, uh, you know, about their roles. Uh, and you know, those things are easier to accept when you win, when you cut down nets, when you have the confetti and the championships and, uh, you know, you go to the March Madness. That's a lot easier to take when it doesn't happen and you, you lose a lot of those games and you lose, uh, you know, early in the conference tournament, uh, then it's not so easy to take. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, a lot of people asking me like, uh, where I feel guys are leaning. And honestly, you know, I, I, I don't think any of these guys, uh, you know, know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, you know, the, the season is still happening. And I think, uh, you know, people just need to kind of, you know, uh, relax a little, you know, give them a little space, a little time. Uh, you know, it's going to be a couple days after uh, the season. They're going to meet with the coaching staff. They'll, they'll talk to their family and they're going to do, you know, what's best for them. Uh, I would, you know, expect, you know, multiple guys to be in the portal just because that is the new normal, though. And I'm sure some guys are dissatisfied with, uh, you know, how the season went and they're going to, you know, do what's best for them and try to find a new situation. And that might be best for, you know, both parties involved. Uh, it might just not, you know, work out Wichita State and somebody has to, you know, transfer to another school to get that opportunity. And, you know, we've seen that, uh, you know, play out a couple of times with guys that have left Wichita State, had success at lower levels. And we've seen, uh, you know, the opposite too, you know, guys transfer up it doesn't work out and then they transfer again. You know, we've seen multiple guys who are on their third, uh, you know, four schools now, uh, you know, guys like Eric Stevenson, Jamarius Burton, uh, Teddy Allen, uh, Trey Wade, you know, Trevin Wade, uh, he's back in the transfer portal right now. So, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, these guys are going to do, you know, what's best, what they believe is best for them. And it's going to take some time. I don't expect, you know, maybe we'll have a couple of decisions, you know, right away. 
but you know i think this is going to last until you know uh march into april and so it's going to be going to be a wild uh, off season for sure uh you know because you know wichita state's gonna have a uh you know ha- they're gonna have to do some recruiting i expect a lot of that to come in the transfer portal and with juco's and a lot of that stuff will happen in april after you know march madness settles down uh the college basketball season is over that's when it's going to get really crazy it's been a crazy season so why not have a run here in the conference tournament? <laughs> we'll be back regardless of what happens in the conference tournament next week to talk about the Shockers. Postseason chances where we go from here. We'll wrap up the AAC and the week that was in Fort Worth. Any last thoughts, Taylor? Yeah, I think uh, I think you kind of nailed it. Where you know, there's just a lot of range of possibility of what this week uh, we could look like. Uh, you know, there's a cheesecake factory down here in Fort Worth we're staying right next to. So for, for my sake, I hope this is a long run. I want four or five nights at Cheesecake Factory. And uh, and that's just me personally, though. So, um, you know, that, that's what I have at stake this week. Uh, for the Shocker fans, you know, obviously they want to see this team go on a run. Uh, guys like, you know, Dexter Dennis, Morris Udeze, you know, four-year guys. Uh, you know, they're used to winning. I think they want to, you know, have that one last positive memory. Uh, you know, guys like Tyson Etienne, uh, who I expect, you know, he's probably moving on after this year. This will be his, you know, last couple games as a shocker. So he wants to go out on top and, you know, leave another, you know, uh, lasting memory with, uh, with Wichita State after that improbable run, uh, last year to the, the conference championship. So, um, should be a fun week. Um, can't wait to break it down. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, the drama will only begin, uh, you know, once that final buzzer hits and obviously everyone's going to be wanting to know, you know, who's coming back, who's leaving, who's going where. And, uh, you know, the recruiting stuff that that'll be uh, a crazy couple, uh, you know, a month or two, uh, but I'm ready for it. And it's, it's exciting time. And, uh, you know, just follow me on Twitter and i follow my work on Kansas.com. We'll, we'll keep you up to date. How are the dinner rolls at uh, the Cheesecake Factory? Oh, I just go for the cheesecake. I'm going to I'm gonna eat oh, elsewhere, but I, I go there for a dessert every day, <laughs> yeah, every night. So that's uh, the Oreo. The Oreo cheesecake is, is to die for. Very good. There was some big news in your personal life since our last show. Wanted to say congratulations on your engagement. Yeah, thank you so much. Just trying to be like you guys. So join in, join in the Mary <laughs> Cub soon. All right, well, we'll have a good time down in Fort Worth. As I mentioned, it's my 12th consecutive year following the Shockers at the conference tournament. A lot of St. Louis years, but have kept it going here. Look forward to your work all weekend, Taylor. And uh, last but not least, what should the listeners do? Yeah, rate us five stars. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.